0: Welcome to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications. I'm your host, Jen Alex. The goal of this show is to uncover communication strategies and behaviors you can use to improve the way you show up and perform at work. We'll talk about what effective communication looks like in action so you can apply it to your own career. If you'd like a written summary of each episode, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting com. That's V-A-U-T-I-E-R communications.com. Check out the show notes for a link. Welcome back everyone. Today, John Vautier, Vice President of Vautier Communications and Matt Nasser, our newest account executive with Vautier Communications are joining me to talk about pausing and how awkward yet important those are. Welcome back, both of you. Thanks for joining.
1: Thanks, Jen. Glad to be here. Me as well, Jen. Thank you.
0: Let's talk about why people don't pause. From experience, what do you both see as most often the reasons for not pausing? John, we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I'd probably say nervousness, Jen. I think when people get in front of the room, especially when they have some of that anxiety, their goal is to get out of the front of the room. And so rather than pausing, they just decide, I'm going to put myself on fast forward. And now that I'm up here, I want to get back to my seat as quickly and safely as possible. And so I think there's a level of discomfort with that pause. And most people understand it. Most people say, geez, that, that pause felt like an eternity. And then you ask the audience, how did that pause sound to you? And the audience says, oh, it sounded normal or it sounded natural. It didn't sound as long as I'm sure it felt or as awkward as it felt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Matt, how about you? Any other thoughts?
1: Yeah, exactly. A little bit of what John said there, and I also feel that it wraps into excitement a little bit on the other end of the spectrum as well. I feel when people get up to the front and decide to present, they almost are so ready to give all of the ideas to the entire room that they don't realize how quickly they're speaking or how there's no processing really going on in between their thoughts. And that tends to lead to them racing through and rushing through their presentation, maybe not taking any of those pauses or pausing for questions or anything of that sort as well.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. And then the other piece, kind of piggybacking off of that, Matt, is that sometimes we're in a hurry. So let's say we were supposed to be on for a meeting from one to two with a group and everything has run late over the day and things have been getting pushed back so now all of a sudden you might not be getting on with that group until 1 30 you still have to be done by two so you're trying to take let's say an hour's worth of content and figuring out how do I shove that into 30 minutes for a lot of people rather than figuring out what are my key points or the key takeaways I want this audience to know it's Let me just talk as quickly as I can to still try and get 60 minutes into now 30 minutes or less. Matt, let's go to you. What is the issue with very short or having no pauses at all?
1: I think the beginning is what you said, where trying to find purpose in either a presentation or a talk, a lot of times when people don't pause at all, their ideas blend together. With that, you don't really build out any message organization for your reader or your listener. Uh, These unrelated ideas are kind of not separated without the pause, and your listener is left to figure out what you mean exactly by the meaning. Yep. What that can cause is your statement to come across with emphasis on the purpose in areas that you may not have expected it, and some of those very important details may simply be left out just because the reader didn't have a chance to process it. And you didn't give them the ability to process that with your pauses. As well, I think that we don't allow the audience to think back to what you just spoke to and really effectively relate to your previous statements if you don't pause. Some quote that I had heard in the past week was actually that you'll be surprised what your brain can accomplish once it's given a little bit more time to do what it's designed to do. And that's actually just to think things through. So those pauses not only allow you to focus on what you're going to talk about next, but it also allows your reader to think about what they just heard about and what they're going to be hearing about next.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I love that quote too. John, any other thoughts there?
2: The the obvious one, if the speaker doesn't pause, he or she or they are going to get out of breath. And that's that's one of the big things I notice, especially recording as we do in our sessions. Speakers will finish with their sentence or their thought, and they're panting on the, at the, on the other end of that. And yeah. so you can only breathe through when you're taking a pause. I've yet to work with anyone that can take a breath in while they are continuing to talk out. And so there, we always coach. There's power in that pause, not only for you, the speaker, but for the listener. It gives you, the speaker, as Matt said, a chance to think about what you're going to say next, but it also gives your listener an opportunity to react or reflect on what's been said. And if that pause doesn't exist imagine trying to drink water from a fire hydrant it's really not going to be that simple
0: yep yep that's a great point point. and i always like to use a little bit of an analogy when we don't pause it leaves little room to build maybe excitement anticipation suspense for whatever you might be talking about if you think to any movie you watch a lot of movies they have this long pause in conversation And sometimes that's where that dramatic music starts to come in. One of my favorite examples of this is the movie Jaws. Everybody knows whether they've seen it or not. Everybody's pretty familiar with that Jaws music that starts to come. There's usually no talking or anything that's happening. You're viewing something. But otherwise, it's just that melodramatic music that starts to come in. And it starts to create that suspense knowing that something's coming. While we don't have dramatic music that's usually playing in the background while we pause in presentations, those pauses can still create that same type of feeling in our listeners. Okay, next, the number one question we get is, how long is too long? John, do you want to take that and talk a little bit more about how long of a pause is appropriate and when we might go slightly longer, slightly shorter?
2: Yes. And I think it's a challenging question to answer because everyone feels differently about this and it is personal preference. I like this quote as much as necessary, as little as possible. Let's apply that to this specific topic here. Mm -hmm. You want to pause as long as necessary, but as short as possible for you. And let me explain on that. If you're in the middle of your talk, maybe two to three seconds, that would be enough time for you to figure out where you want to go next, but avoid dropping those non-words or filler words, the ums, the ahs, the likes, the you knows. Let's imagine you are asking your audience a question. You can't wait one second for that audience to answer, especially as we do more and more in this virtual world where people on the other end of the screen or on the other end of the line might be scrambling to try and get themselves off mute. Or we all realize, whether we'd like to admit it or not, that our audience is likely multitasking it may take them a second to even acknowledge or realize that you've asked a question. Right. So here's where I say you can play fun with this and you can, especially if you're in person, if you know you've got time built in and you're asking a question and you think the audience will likely have a response, give them eight to 10 seconds. Even if it feels awkward on your end, put a smile in there, say team or audience, I've set this time aside because I feel like you probably have something to share and I want to get that out of you. More times than not, someone will jump in. No one likes to sit there in total utter silence for anything longer than 10 seconds. If you get nothing, you may fill in that response yourself. You likely knew what you were looking for, you know what you're looking for. So that's an opportunity there to probably not stretch it out any longer than that 10 second mark. If you're asked a question, you know the answer, take a second, make sure there's some breathing space in there and then give your response or your direct answer from there. If you're not sure, I would say again, that three to six second window is probably okay to ponder. The key there is making sure that pause exists in silence. Because if that silence is filled in with, uh, geez, um, that's a really good uh, question. All of a sudden, all you're doing is filling with non-words and it's pretty clear to the audience uh, audience at this point that you may not have the answer and you would have been better off just saying, Jen, that's a great question and I don't have that answer for you right now. I'd love to look into it a bit more. And you and I can follow up separately.
0: Right. Yeah. Those are great suggestions. And like you said, it's not a one size fits all. So some people will say, well, maybe I'll count to three in my head. For some people, that works great. For other people, it's going to throw them off completely on their talk. And so that wouldn't be a recommendation we might make to others. And so it's finding what is, yes, comfortable, but also slightly uncomfortable for you, knowing that our comfort is usually to fill space faster. I came across this interesting article on Inc.com called Intelligent Minds Like Tim Cook and Jeff Bezos Embrace the Rule of Awkward Silence. And in that article, the journalist says, the rule of awkward silence has always been valuable as a tool of emotional intelligence. Because it allows you to balance thought and emotion, instead of simply reacting based on feeling. Matt, what do you think about that quote? And I know you read that article as well. Any other thoughts there?
1: I think there are a few different reasons. First off, honing in on that part where it says simply reacting based on feeling. I think that those awkward pauses or long pauses give you a chance to react to what's going on without doing it in a reactionary or retaliatory way. Uh, So Normally, in some of our conversations, I feel that people don't take enough time to digest what's going on, whether that has to do with something in business like a conversation around a promotion or something of that nature, but they often react directly to the conversation in those first five to 10 seconds following it, and they blurt out exactly what they're feeling. That's more talking for the sake to talk than talking to add value to the conversation. You're talking simply to get something off your chest when in reality, instant gratification is doing more harm than good. Those awkward silences are making sure that your feedback is effective and that you're thinking through that rather than just giving that first, here's the hot off the press, hot off my mind take. As well, I would think of it similar to how an angry child's mom would yell at them when they see them doing something they don't necessarily want them to do. Normally, you get that first 10 seconds of they're super angry and they yell at the child when in reality, that's not the way to handle it. The kid is not going to process that as well as they are a simple talking to. And if the mother pauses, that's normally the first thought that comes to their mind is okay, let me take a deep breath and revisit this situation in a couple minutes. Oftentimes you get better results like that. And that carries right over to business as well. Oftentimes, if you just give yourself to pause in between making a statement that you're going to make simply to think before you speak, oftentimes you're going to get a better result.
0: Awesome. Great points there. John, if we think about how that applies to presenting or communicating. The important piece isn't always about providing as much information as quickly as we can, is it?
2: It's not, no. And it's sorting out need to know versus nice to know. And most of the time, people know a lot about the topic that they're discussing. That said, you want to share what is most important or most valuable for your listeners. And I've said this in programs before, it's a tough pill to swallow for some Your audience doesn't care about everything you know about a topic. They're only interested in what's most important for them. And to me, that's where that critical thinking piece comes in. It's figuring out and then really siphoning off what is most important for my audience at this time. And I want to give them that information so that it's valuable, they can process it. But just because we've added more doesn't necessarily make whatever we've added better. And I like to tell people, make sure you understand the difference between more and better. If you're going to be adding more, more discussion, more content, more something, make sure what you're adding is actually adding value for your listeners. Otherwise, it's better left unsaid. And if people want additional information or they want to hear your thoughts further, they'll ask for it. Or that could be an easy, appropriate time to say, hey, I'd love to talk with you more about this later tonight at dinner or tomorrow when we're grabbing coffee before we start the meeting. Something in that space allows for some of that additional nice to know, as I call it, content to be shared.
0: And on that point, all good conversations or successful meetings, anytime we are speaking with somebody else, they build in times for people to consider information, discuss it, ask a few more questions, but we need to be able to reflect and ponder on information and make sure we truly understand it before we are just blowing on to the next topic. Otherwise, as one of you mentioned earlier, it's that analogy of drinking from a fire hose. At some point, it becomes information overload where your brain essentially turns off because they can't take anything else in at that point. Okay, last piece I want to touch on. How can people tuning in start to practice building in some of these longer pauses? And Matt, I'll hand that over to you
1: first. I think the most important way is to do it in a casual setting first. If you start this in a big business presentation or with superiors, it's not necessarily going to fall into place as easy and it's going to sound a lot more awkward. Whereas if you start this conversation with either a brother or sister or a parent or a friend, it's simply going to just sound like a regular conversation. Not only are you going to lean off some of those non-words that you notice more in your business dialect, but you're also going to feel that sense of ease as you start working those pauses into your conversations. It's not going to feel as weird when you get to a less familiar business setting, but it's going to feel a bit more natural and it's going to be something that you're doing in that everyday conversational sense.
0: We teach all of our clients or recommend that they practice these new skills socially first because they're usually really low stress situations. You don't have to think about what you want to talk about when you're talking to a brother or sister. It's usually going through or a best friend, what you've been doing that day, what's new in life. So there's, there's no big stress on the content. There's no big stress on hoping to get a recommendation approved or sign off for something. And so it's an easier place to start to play around with some of these. John, how about you? Any other thoughts on how our listeners can practice these longer pauses?
2: Yeah. I mean, for listeners who are just starting this idea or this concept, especially those of us who do a lot virtually, get your phone out, which it probably already is in most cases, (laughs) and set your timer up and just hit start on your timer. This is going to give you an opportunity to, to see visually what 1 to 2 seconds of saying nothing looks like and then in in turn what that actually feels like. Yep. That's going to help you start to guide the process. I also think getting feedback from others. We do this these conversations often and we can get feedback from one another as we finish these things up. Most people who are interacting with others especially in the workplace have hopefully safe environments to allow for that feedback to exist and you finish a talk and you say hey matt i'd love to hear your thoughts on how my cadence was as we went through that meeting or jen can you give me any feedback you have on the pauses that i used or what i tended to do in filling some of the pauses that could have just been in silence but getting some of that additional outside feedback will help you better understand how can i start to apply and implement this new technique of pausing without it feeling like I'm not really sure where I'm going or I don't know if this is working or not.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing I always love to tell my clients, you can't go after a skill and change it until you know how it exists. So as you mentioned the cell phone, you can put a timer on to physically look at what does 1 to 2 seconds feel like. You can also flip your camera around and throw your video on, record yourself presenting 5 minutes worth of a talk in a practice round in your office, at home, You don't have an audience or anybody in front of you and then listen to it back and listen. Do I have enough pauses in there? Does this feel rushed? Does it feel a fast pace with nervousness? Does it feel like a fast pace with excitement or where do I have room for some growth? When you start to evaluate yourself and hear it, then you can start being more conscious of forcing yourself or allowing yourself to pause just a little bit extra between your thoughts when you're up. And you always have that video camera right there with you. Wherever you go, you can turn it on for just a couple of minutes, listen to something, and then do some of that self-evaluation and making those tweaks as you continue to move forward. I appreciate both of you coming on today. To recap what we've discussed, first, those pauses in silence are important and they are necessary for both our speakers and our listeners. Pausing allows us space to reflect on what we've heard for others to share their ideas and for that continued critical thinking. And finally, there are things that all of us can start doing immediately to practice building in some more of these pauses. We always want to open it up to our listeners. So if any of you tuning in have questions or comments on today's conversation, please feel free to reach out to any of us via LinkedIn or an email. Thanks so much to you both.
2: Awesome. Thanks,
1: Jen. Thanks for having me, Jen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Speak As Well As You Think podcast brought to you by Vautier Communications. Again, I am your host, Jen Alex. Vautier Communications is in the business of business communication skills. We coach and train both individuals and groups on how to elevate their presence and increase their impact through the way they communicate, present, and write. If you wanna learn more about our in-person or virtual training options, visit our website at www dot dot com. Thanks for listening.